Welcome back to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt. Dallas Cowboys insider from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of America's team. Joined, as always, by Brian Broadus, the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central on 105.3 The Fan, and also a former Super Bowl winning NFL scout. Brian, we need you to, I think, to, to really up our show. You should be wearing the ring uh, to, like, every single recording. You know, I feel like that I wear the ring every... I, 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 I don't think I've ever seen it. No, I, I don't wear it. And it's funny, but we haven't been on... We, we're we not... Actually, it's just our voices, right? So, but if, we're, if we do a remote at Boomer Jacks, which shout okay. out to Boomer Jacks yeah, again. Boomer, absolutely. Shout yeah. out to our buddies at Boomer Jacks. You know, we, we couldn't do this without uh, all of our listeners. Yeah, I was kind of wondering where you were going to go with this. I know, okay, I, I yes, thank you to Boomer Jacks for everything that they're doing yes. for us right now. <laughs> but I was like going... I was thinking, man, we only he- always hear my voice. I never see my face, and maybe that's a good thing. But I, yeah, we'll, we'll break out the ring. We, we we'll, need to break out the ring. We'll at break Boomer out. Jacks. The, we'll and, do it one and, time. And we'll, whether it's for a remote or just for you know food and drinks, because Boomer yeah. Jacks is one of my favorite spots. I'm out there Love all the time. Boomer Jacks. Awesome drinks, uh, affordable drinks, affordable eats. Great spot. Wall to wall TVs, live music. Uh, it is the perfect wind down spot for whatever you're looking for. Did we? I, I I know this happened on Twitter the other day. Uh-huh. One of our listeners yes. came into town for the game and went to Boomer Jacks and tweeted at us. Yeah, tagged us, and, uh, so, and, so, and so we're we're making a difference. Yeah. We're so glad you went, and yeah. uh, I would recommend it to you if they weren't a sponsor. Seventeen right. DFW locations. So wherever you're at in the Metroplex, I promise you, there's one near you within driving distance. Find it at BoomerJacks.com. Brian, uh, got a couple different things we can talk about in this opening segment about this football team. I'll let you pick. You want to you want to start off with your film takeaways, what the coordinators had to say, or some of these personnel moves we've had happen. Let's go with personnel moves for uh, two hundred, please, Alex. Awesome, perfect. All right. Well, we got John Ridgeway. Uh, the the Cowboys carried their entire draft class onto the active roster. Uh, we we had talked about hey, who was no- guy number fifty three going to be? Turned out, guy number fifty three was John Ridgeway. Yes, their fifth round pick, the defensive tackle out of Arkansas. And guy fifty two was uh, Houston. Dennis Houston, who, who was let go today, <laughs> uh, as we record this on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Houston still has to pass through waivers. Right. You guys will hear this Wednesday morning. We still won't have an answer on Houston until Wednesday afternoon as to whether he clears waivers or not. Let's start with Ridgeway. Ridgeway did not clear waivers. Gets claimed by Washington. Uh, apparently claimed by more than one team. I, I don't know. Do you would have you any like insight? To, would you like me to tell you who I'd, the I'd second? I'd love to know who the second team was. The second team were the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, look. So, so you're, you're, you're two division, uh, division opponents. The Commanders and the Eagles were the two claimers for uh, John Ridgway. Really interested that uh, ultimately, I mean, Ridgway didn't show up much in in training camp. He was banged up a lot. Still interested that they they let him go. I know that, uh, you know, the team had been using – they really believed in Ridgway as a culture guy. Um, I know they were having him – kind of serve as a, a, a big brother program with mm. some of the guys that were under him, uh, you know, helping out some of the younger players, just, you know, bring them along and, and kind of, you know, be a positive influence with them. Uh, so kind of surprised they let Ridgeway go. Houston, I, I guess I, I, I'm not surprised because, you know, I think that, you know, with Michael Gallup scheduled to come back, I think we are going to see Michael Gallup on Monday against the Giants. That That's not certain yet, but I, I believe we're trending that direction uh, but with Gallup ready to come back, they were going to need a spot at receiver. And even though he's ahead of Jalen Tolbert right now, he they like what he's doing more than what Jalen Tolbert has done right now. You're not cutting a third-round pick and trying to sneak him to the practice squad. No, not that particular. 
Let me ask you this, Bob, and we'll go back to it just real quick. If you had to do it over if you're the Dallas Cowboys, do you cut Dennis Houston instead of cutting Ridgeway? Um, yeah. Maybe. I, I mean, Ridgeway I mean, tough. I, As you asked, you asked consistently during training camp, how yeah. many one techniques is this team going to keep? Yeah. And you've got Gallimore playing there. You've got Bohanna playing there. Tristan right. Hill plays some one technique yeah. at times. So I had, I had scouts – tell me around the league when it came down to the cut down and we we did a podcast you know talking about the 53 yeah and you're absolutely right i had scouts tell me well how many one techniques are they going to keep and they're like well who's practiced better has bohanna practiced better than ridgeway and i'm like yeah yeah and i go well then get ready they're going to move on from ridgeway and so you know if you're the cowboys i wonder if you now you're kind of having a little bit of buyer's remorse that you felt like that you were going to be able to get that guy through. Yeah, you know? I, I think they aired there. I, I think it was a little foolish to believe. But he wasn't, but he didn't show up like, like, he didn't show up like SEC John Ridgeway. He, he didn't, but again, yeah. he was also he was banged up. He was hurt a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you remember we were surprised he even showed up in the first preseason yeah. game because he had been hurt. He hurt his knee during practice. To me, it was just interesting that they would let a guy go that they had a fourth round grade on and that I think they knew the rest of the league viewed as similarly in that fourth or fifth round. That's range. why he got claimed. Yeah. He got claimed by the Eagles and by the commanders because not what he probably did in training camp or preseason games because you wouldn't probably claim him off that. It's the evaluation, that it, it's, it's the evaluation of what they had in the spring and where he sat on their board. They probably felt like that they just, these teams probably felt like that we just claimed a fourth round guy. Yeah, I, I, I guarantee you you know, we'll figure it out and ask somebody in the league, and they'll, you know, we'll figure out where he was on those guys' boards. But they probably feel like we got a fourth, fifth round guy. We'll see if John Ridgeway gives uh, Washington some intel here in two weeks or a week and a half, I guess, uh, when, when the Cowboys go up against them. Uh, transitioning over away from the uh, first, real quick, uh, Dennis Houston, your guess. You think he gets claimed or no? I'm going to say what he had two two catches, 16 yards. I'm yeah. going to say yeah, something play, like, played something like 50 snaps total. And, the and, first two and weeks. what was the what were the things that were good about him in training camp? That that you and I went round and round and round about that <laughs> one. I believe yeah. I I was amazed the amount of time that he was getting with the first offense, and it, and then it sounded like that they were making justifications for having him on. You know, like oh hey you know what you're doing and you're in the right spot and you can you know it sounded like the total opposite of what they were saying about Tolbert yeah but Tolbert Tolbert made just as few of plays as or Houston and me made just as few of plays as you know as Tolbert I think Houston showed up in the first preseason game I think he, he flashed a little bit there. He, he had that really nice he sold the vertical and hit yeah. the comeback route and then Cooper rushed over through him it wasn't great but what he had I, the, the ball that went to the outside the one time on the yeah. third down. He dove. He didn't get it. But, you know, to me, when, all right, the games that he played, I never felt like that he was open. I never felt like that he was separating or anything like no, that. No, the way I had it explained to me by somebody was... If, he was a mystery to me. If you compare Tolbert and Houston, the way it was told to me was if Dak is throwing to a spot, yeah, and he's got pressure in his face, and he's got to get rid of the ball, and he's got to, and he's going to throw it to that spot. He can trust Dennis Houston will be there, and right now he doesn't know if Jalen Tolbert or a defender is going to be standing there. Mm-hmm. 
and that was the concerning aspect. Sound of like a Dak problem. I, I not a Dak. <laughs> I, Look, just, you want yeah. him to throw with some anticipation, yeah, don't you, Brian? It, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, that that's the Dennis Houston and, and John Ridgeway discussion. Uh, Film takeaways. I know at last we left off, uh, you were going to be watching some film of this Cowboys performance against the Bengals. Anything that stood out to you that by the time you saw it on film, you're like, maybe that wasn't as good as I thought, or on the yeah. opposite end, you went, man, that was better than I thought it was. I'll tell you what, though, uh, is you know, it's just nice that the left tackle for the Cowboys, and we're talking about Tyler Smith, you know, he's not doing anything to to hurt you in these games. Yeah, it's not perfect though. I mean, no, you, it, it, you, you can see when yeah. he's mixing up the assignments. Yeah, you could see he zigs it, and everybody else exactly, is zagging. exactly. And you know, I, I just kind of feel like is he he's got the right demeanor, he's got the right attitude. the The long run uh, that Pollard had, he had a really nice block, great down block yeah. by Schultz. They get him Schultz, Biotish, and Tyler Smith were all, great on all, that play, all very well blocked. But you know, the thing about Tyler Smith is right now. He, there's still growing pains going on with him, and it's going to be. It's week two, but we're you know it's it's like if you if you're one of those guys or gals that watches the All 22, you'll see what we're talking about here. You know, if you go back on NFL.com, you have the All 22 package. Watch, just watch him, and it, it's not perfect, but they're 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 getting away with some things at left tackle. They're getting away with some things at left guard. Yeah, and they're getting away with some things at center. I, I thought I thought the guy who gave you the most problems on Sunday against the Bengals at the offensive line, I thought it was Biotish. Yeah. I didn't think Biotish was very good. I, well, I he, he tried that one, one time That one time when Hendrickson rushed inside. That's when the play was going to the left, and it made it look like that Biotish, that was his man, and he didn't pick up Hendrickson, and Hendrickson made like a six-yard or five-yard uh, stop behind the line of scrimmage, you know, there – but that that's a block where the the ball is going to the left. Everybody's stepping left, and Hendrickson rushes inside, and you get Smith doesn't adjust back. Yeah, and now the first thing, and Biotis is left trying to just clean up the mess. Yeah, no, I wasn't thinking so or much. The blitz. He 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 was late. I seem to recall he was late there's on the people, he was late on the Hubbard twist yeah. that ended up in the one sack. Right, that was Biotish. Yeah, um, there was another play where I saw Biotish got beat to the inside by. And I can't remember who the defensive tackle was. Was it Reader? He, he, I think it was Reader. He yeah. got beat by one of the defensive tackles yeah. pretty bad. I just noticed pretty consistently when there was a blown-up play, it felt like more times than anybody else it was Biotish. But I, I know the the play that you're talking about. and Yeah, there are times where it can look like it's somebody on, on the broadcast, well, it's, yeah. and then it's not when you get a chance I'm to just, see it. You know, me personally, I feel like that if they could get Jason Peters in shape, yeah. go ahead and let Jason Peters play left tackle and then kick Smith back inside. I think you, I think until until you kind of figure out things uh, with what's going to happen with Connor McGovern, you know yeah. maybe maybe it buys you some time and then if Peters is not playing well, then you kick Smith back to the outside. Smith proved to me I I don't think it's too much to him to play two spots. No, I, I mean I, if it's play early, play left tackle, fine. And then if you have to play some left guard, you did that all summer. That shouldn't be a problem with you at all. I know I mentioned this to you on uh, G-Bag Nation today. and, and I'm, I'm just making it sound really easy. It's not <laughs> No, no. I, and I'm curious if you saw this at all on on tape. Uh, like I felt. And it's really impressive when Tyler Smith anchors. He oh, is yeah. so strong. He's super strong. And, and, and so when it all does click into yeah. place, 
you see why they loved the traits with him. It's like, man, when, when he gets everything down technique-wise, to me, that's... That's I, the I struggle right now. I, I see, yeah, and not today, yeah. but three years from now, yeah. I think Tyler Smith is a Pro Bowl type of left tackle. I just think that's what you're looking at. i tell you what, I, I love the way... I mentioned I love his demeanor. I love the physicality he plays with. I love how he's a motivated player. I mean, you don't see him get down or... Oh. You know, when, when things are going a little bad, keeps for his head him. up. Keeps his head up. Keeps going. Man, he is a he is a when at the point of attack, he's a good guy to run behind too. Uh, Kellen Moore talked about during coordinator availability on Monday. Uh, said one of the guys he was impressed with going back, not just for his play, but also it was a clean game. Was Terrence Steele? How did you feel about Terrence Steele? Yeah, on the, and, on the and, you know, and it was a complete complete different story for him from Tampa. I thought he looked great in the run game. He did. And that's the, that's the one thing I think he's really good at. I think that when you ask him to cut guys off or reach blocks or things like that, he does a good job of playing on his feet. And I think that's really, really important. I th- still think there's times when he lacks power and that's a liability on pass rush. But when you when you watch him run block, I think he's got that down pretty good. One of the other things I was really interested in hearing Kellen Moore talk about, he talked about um, you know Noah Brown and obviously what a big game Noah Brown had. You and I talked about that. I, I mentioned that, like I think if you don't get any one of the catches he oh, makes, gosh. you could lose that game. Absolutely. Um, so he he was such a big impact. But one of the interesting things I thought Kellen Moore said was he said like year six now. It's great to see him get his first touchdown. He's like Noah Brown is no longer a package guy. He's like, he used to be a guy where it's, he's like, we now know like Noah Brown can step in regardless of what formation we're looking at. We know that Noah's just a receiver and he can make it happen. Do you feel comfortable with, like, like, A, do you think that's a, an accurate description of, hey, this is just a receiver who can, you don't have to have him as a specialty guy. But B, uh, for you right now, is he the clear-cut number three receiver when Michael Gallup's back and fully goes? Well, he's your two. He's your two until Michael Gallup proves that he can, come back and, and be effective. Not have a Chris Godwin moment where you're yeah. in and then you're yeah, immediately yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, until I the way the the way the depth chart is, yeah, you probably say that Gallup is the number two. But right now, is as you look at this team, I mean, I would think you would have to say uh that Noah Brown has elevated himself as to the second receiver. Now we'll see. If in fact that Gallup comes in, he plays against the Giants, say he's Say he has four catches, sixty yards, or something like that, or or he has a really nice day, you know, ready to go and all that. You know, yeah, I think he's going to have to. Noah Brown, to me, I've got confidence in Noah Brown. Yeah, fourth and fourth and two, throw him a ball for seventeen yards. Fourth and two, third and ten, third and ten. You know what? Personal pro, drill, personal whatever. protector on the punt team, whatever yeah. you have to do. Noah Brown, this he, this might be the his breakout year, much like you had. You know, with uh, with Cedric, Cedric Wilson. Wilson, yeah, yeah, and but right now, I would say Noah Brown's your two until Michael Gallup gets out there, and once Michael Gallup figures out and has some productive moments and and shows that he's he's the guy, then yeah, you have to say Noah Brown's that, that you're probably your two. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.